You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Well, hey there. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going for you today? It's a beautiful winter wonderland where I live. The snow, it's gently falling. The kids are enjoying a snow day of sledding and making snow forts outside. And me, I'm cozy and warm in front of a fireplace and feeling gratitude for all of it. Oh, yes, it's February in Maryland. I hope you're having a joyous and healthy day yourself. Do you remember our topic from last week, our IBD Q&A giveaway part one episode? Last week, we started diving into the insightful, big, bold questions that you asked as part of our IBD Q&A giveaway with gift cards to Wellbees. And that's the home of the finest SCD legal foods And I know that to be true because it says so on their website, (laughs) but also because I've enjoyed their products for years now. This week, we are tackling part two of our IBD giveaway with two more insightful IBD-related questions straight from you, dear listener. Now, if you missed part one, that's okay because this really could be an episode that stands on its own, but... If you do have questions about Crohn's or colitis, and specifically questions about how supplements and medications like biologics can be used to help your illness, I want you to go back to episode 19, that's the one right before this one, and check that out too. Today will work much like last week's episode with the last two of our IBD questions coming directly from mamas in our gut love community. You might remember I asked the GLC tribe of moms, what are your most pressing concerns and challenges when it comes to IBD? I got some really great questions back and all of them are receiving personal responses from me, but only Four, four of the questions got randomly pull out, pulled out of my crazy hat and only four are being answered directly on the podcast. And I'm going to give you bonus points. I talked about that hat that I randomly pulled the questions out of. I'm going to give you bonus points if you remember that hat that I talked about last week. Hmm? Do you remember? Well, you go, girl. If you got it, it was a red felt fedora hat. It was from my old dancing days, the one I used to dance. So it was part of a costume. And I'm waving my magic wand, giving you bonus points if you remembered that fun fact from episode 19. Can you tell with the wand, the whole wand thing, can you tell that I'm immersed in Harry Potter again? This time for the third time, it's with my youngest, my third child, and wand talk has been filling our house. So 
Maybe you can relate to that. Anyway, I'll be answering the last two of the questions in our IBD Q&A series today. And if your question is one of the ones that made it on the podcast, you'll be getting a surprise gift certificate to Wellbees sent your way very soon. One last reminder, just like last week, all questions are being kept anonymous to protect the privacy of those who ask the question. Today's questions, they'll be centering around two of my favorite topics in the IBD space. Actually, wait, let me clarify that. To be honest, it's probably two of my favorite topics in the whole world. It's questions surrounding the specific carbohydrate diet, or as I'll call it today, the SCD, and the gut and psychology syndrome diet, or GAPS. Let's get to it. So here's question number three in our series, in our IBD Q&A series. Our GLC member writes, Karen, I'm trying to decide between SCD and GAPS. I don't really see a difference. Is there a difference? And which one is better for colitis? Okay, I love this question. I love this question so freaking much. It's awesome. I'm just so impressed. I'm so impressed that you know about both of these diets and that you're considering them to help your IBD symptoms. So I'm giving you virtual high fives and lots of virtual love. Let me just say that first. These are the diets I work with most in my practice and I love them both. I have to be honest, I love them both. Let's start just by making sure that everyone knows the basics of what we're talking about before we dive into things like their similarities, their differences, and which one might be better for you. So both the SCD and GAPS, they're diets that you can eat that have specific foods that you stay away from and others that you definitely eat on the diet. Both diets have been shown to be helpful for IBD, so Crohn's and colitis, both. They help to, both of them work by helping to lower the inflammation in your gut and your whole body. They also help to boost your immune system to help with the autoimmune component of your disease. And they also bring that intestinal bacteria back into balance in your body. So that's win, 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 right? Huge. They both do that. What I just gave you there, that's just a really um, a big view from above, I would say, when it comes to SCD and GAPS. It's very general about what's what in the world of SCD and GAPS. Now, let's go ahead and dive in a little bit deeper and talk about the similarities because I have to tell you, I have to be honest, I can totally see why you're confused here. I know that others feel the same way. On the surface, the SCD and GAPS, it probably seems like they're exactly the same diet. So here's some of the similarities that they have. They both emphasize an eating plan that's free of gluten, free of grains, free of refined sugar, and most dairy. They both have had success for those with inflammatory bowel disease. GAPS is similar to SCD because it actually came out of SCD. It's kind of like a newer, not better, but newer version of SCD. I kind of think of it like the difference between a tried and true classic board game versus um, a version that might come out that's a little bit more modern. 
Both of the diets may only allow specific types of carbohydrates to be eaten. And so these types of carbohydrates are called monosaccharides or they're the single molecule starches because these kinds of starches are easier to digest and easier to absorb. And which means less sugar for your digestive tract and that less sugar equals less bacterial imbalance and less inflammation in your body. So we talked about what's similar with these two diets. Now what's the difference? For starters, SCD has been more researched with more case studies for IBD specifically. Remember Elaine Gottschall, the one who popularized this diet in her book, Breaking the Vicious Cycle? She used this diet successfully with her daughter who had ulcerative colitis and lots and lots of other people have used it as well. In fact, there's research studies that show its benefits for IBD specifically. GAPS is actually more touted as a healer for mental health and brain disorder challenges like depression, anxiety, ADHD, schizophrenia, and autism. It's interesting that there is though that autism connection with SCD as well. That's also in Elaine's Breaking the Vicious Cycle book too. She mentions SCD as helping those with autism too. So I'm thinking possibly Natasha Campbell McBride, that's the creator of the GAPS diet, maybe she saw that SCD helped for autism and then she decided to take it further and see if it worked for other mental health and brain disorders. I'm not sure if that's true. I'll have to ask her if I ever get the chance, but that just kind of makes sense to me. SCD is not as focused on organic, local, sustainable food as the GAPS diet is. Elaine spoke briefly about organic, saying that she wanted this diet to be accessible to all. I believe if Elaine were still alive today, she would talk a little bit more about the importance of organic food because it's become so much more mainstream since the diet was developed. So I think she would talk about that as well. But again, that's just my guess. While some sort of broth is crucial to both of these diets, the GAPS diet asks that you consume meat stock while the SCD has you preparing chicken soup. Both are very similar. Dr. Campbell McBride, the GAPS creator, she talks about how meat stock is best to get you into remission, while she talks about chicken stock or bone broth being more for maintenance. Now, I usually recommend meat stock, the meat stock version, the GAPS version for my clients, but I didn't know about that 12 years ago. I hadn't heard of GAPS at that time, and so I achieved remission using the SCD chicken soup. I really think that both are similar, and I think they're both great for gut healing. GAPS has more defined stages, especially in the beginning. There's actually six distinct stages in the beginning. Where SCD, it's more about an intro diet before you jump into the full SCD program. But here's the thing though, I never, I never do SCD without some sort of stages with my clients. I have lots of mamas who will come to me for coaching after they've jumped into SCD and it didn't give them the best results. So now they're coming to me saying, you talk about this working, what happened? But when we take a step back and then we come up with a stages plan for their SCD, it tends to work much better. So yes, GAPS does have more distinct defined stages, but I really, I never recommend doing SCD without staging it. 
I just seeing it work so much better when you add foods in slowly. Also, while we're talking about differences here, the homemade fermented yogurt that you may have heard about with GAPS as well as SCD, it's a crucial part of IBD healing on both diets. The GAPS diet, though, waits to introduce yogurt until some healing has taken place first. Some people are really sensitive to dairy, even the kind of dairy that's on the GAPS and SCD diets, even the low lactose dairy, until some kind of intestinal healing has taken place. So with GAPS, you wait. You wait until some of the intestinal healing has happened, and then you introduce it. And I just want to say, I just want to give this side note real quick because I feel like I have to when I'm talking about the yogurt. In case you're thinking about yogurt, but you know you can't do dairy, know that there are non-dairy options available with the yogurt, either GAPS or SCD. So email me if you need a recipe. If you need a recipe for dairy-free yogurt, if you're thinking about going in that direction. Or you could also listen to episode 12. I talk about non-dairy yogurt there. I'll link to that in the show notes too. So either way, feel free to get in touch with me. I will be happy to send you more information and a recipe for that. Or you could also get that in more of a full version by going to episode 12. Okay, continuing on with differences, GAPS has more of an emphasis on probiotic-rich fermented foods than SCD. With SCD, it's a lot about the yogurt. With, um, with GAPS, it's about kefir and sauerkraut, and then eventually more fermented veggies. Where SCD, it's really all about the yogurt, the homemade fermented yogurt, and the probiotic supplements. So a little bit of a difference there. And speaking of kefir, kefir is allowed on GAPS, but not on SCD. Also, with regard to probiotics that I was just talking about, SCD does not allow for the bifido strain of probiotics where GAPS does. So there's another difference there. Perhaps, in my opinion, the most interesting difference that I see is that, to me, it's kind of like SCD. It's more about eliminating pathogenic bacteria. That's kind of the philosophy. And GAPS is more about introducing healing bacteria into the gut. I don't know about you, but I just find that really an interesting difference. It's subtle, but it's a difference there nonetheless. Perhaps, perhaps the saddest of all the foods that SCD doesn't allow, and when it's not allowed, it's called illegal. So perhaps the saddest, in my opinion, of the SCD illegal foods is chocolate, even in its healthiest raw cacao form. Various reasons come into play for not allowing it on SCD, like the fact that Elaine says that it's linked to cocaine and that it's addictive and that it may suppress the immune system. While SCD stays away from chocolate, later stages of GAPS does allow for high-quality, dark chocolate. (laughs) And I do have to say that although 12 years ago when I faithfully followed the SCD for two years with as Elaine calls it, fanatical adherence. The first thing I added back into my diet when I started moving beyond SCD, it was raw cacao and dark chocolate. I gotta say, addiction be damned. (laughs) That's an addiction that I'm okay owning. 
Okay, see how, how there's, I think that's most of the differences, and see how there's actually quite a few of them. When you really start to break it down, there's subtle differences, but if you look closely, you'll see the ones that might help you decide what is the best diet for you. Keeping those differences in mind might help you figure that out for you. When it comes to which diet is better and which one that I recommend for IBDers, you're going to not like my answer. You're not going to like it, but I don't recommend one over another. My favorite thing to do with clients is to do a combo approach where we take the best of the SCD and the best of GAPS. Over the years, I've created and tweaked an approach that incorporates both. So personally, I don't think you have to pick one over the other. I think you can pick the best of both diets, make them your own, and you can still be successful. And if you want to do that, if you want to use both diets to your IBD advantage, the first step is to get a copy of the book Breaking the Vicious Cycle by Elaine Gottschall, and also get a copy of Gut and Psychology Syndrome by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. Read them both and see what you like and what you don't like, right? That is sometimes even more important when you're trying to make a decision, what you like and what you don't like about these diets. And then see how you might be able to combine them into the best gut healing diet for you. Remember, if you find the idea of all that research overwhelming, all of that reading, kind of something you don't have time for, remember, I've already done the legwork for you. Know that if you want help with this, if you want to know how this might work best for you, I'm here. So reach out. We can chat about it anytime. If you really want to strictly be purist about this and you want to pick one diet, SCD or GAPS, that's completely fine too. Remember that they're so similar. My guess is that you'll find some level of success with either one. They both have proven results when it comes to IBD. So even GAPS does, not as much as SCD in terms of actual research evidence, but they both have been helpful for people with IBD. So either one. I do have a bit of advice for you though. No matter which one you choose in the end, keep your emphasis on nutrient-dense food. Organic veggies, grass-fed meat, food from local sources, choose pastured or farm-raised eggs, use the healthy fats in either diet liberally to help your gut heal, and perhaps most importantly, stay away from too much of the nut flour. You should not be having an almond flour cookie or a muffin or a pancake with every meal. It's just too many nuts. And nuts, too, mu- too many nuts can actually be inflammatory for your system. And they can keep you from full and lasting healing. I see this kind of problem all the time when moms come to me and say, I've been doing this and I don't know why. And I'll find out, I'll say, what are you eating? And then I'll hear, well, for breakfast I had two almond flour muffins and then for lunch I had almond flour pancakes and cookies and then for dinner I had an almond flour breaded chicken and then for dessert I had an almond flour pie right that is just way too much almond flour way too many nuts right it's something that you want to use sparingly do know that If that's you, if I'm speaking to you and you're hearing me saying, oh no, that could be my problem, know that this can be reversed. 
It's best if you start it right off on the right foot, right from the beginning. But if you didn't, it's okay. Just start slowly easing back on the nut flour and make your diet more about those things I just mentioned, the whole fruits and whole vegetables and the really high quality meat and eggs, the good fats, things like that. So go for it. Go for it with SCD or GAPS, knowing that, tweaking, pivoting, and, and do it with your own symptoms and your own lifestyle in mind. This is always the way to go into any diet that you choose. All right, it's time for question number four, the last question. And this is an, uh, and this is an SCD specific one, a specific carbohydrate diet specific one. <laughs> okay, so here's the question. When it comes time to move on from SCD, what should I try? This is another fabulous question and congrats. I have to say congrats to you that you've made it this far. Seriously, it's incredible. I know firsthand, I just, I know how difficult it is to stay on the SCD, to stay committed to it. But you did it, lady. You did it. And now you're ready to come off. So awesome. Fantastic. I love it. Awesome for you. Okay. Over the last several years, I've had the pleasure of clients that have come back to me maybe a year or two after we've worked together, after we've finished our coaching, and they'll say to me, Karen, I'm ready to add in more foods. Can I do that? Is that safe? Am I going to flare? How is that going to work for me? What should I add in? So I know this question well. Um, and it's really one of my favorite conversations to have because it means that the diet has worked for you. You've sustained your remission and you're ready to see what's around the bend for your diet and for your future. So wow, what a really and truly exciting place to be. After many conversations with my rock star clients who are at this place on their healing journey, I've developed a list of go-to foods to try when it's time to branch out with your food choices and kind of dip a toe into the new remission sustaining waters, if you will. Now I know, I know that most of you who listen to this podcast, you aren't at this place yet. You're in the trenches. You're trying to figure out how is the best way to bust that flare. But I still believe that this information is beneficial to you. There's no one talking about what happens after SCD, what happens beyond SCD or beyond gaps for that matter. matter. So it's truly valuable information. So whether you're ready for that step now or you're going to just tuck this information away until the time is right, know that I have every confidence that you will get there. Keep fighting. Keep tweaking and trying new things. Keep faith in yourself and you will get there, mom friend. I just, I just know it. I know that you will. So you're ready to add in new foods after SCD, what I like to call beyond SCD, and you don't want to risk a flare. First, know that SCD is nutritious. The diet itself is nutritious and sustainable. So you could, you could stay on it for as long as you want. Usually, I see moms stay on the diet for about a year after their last symptoms were felt. So that could be anywhere from a year and a half to seven years. It really, I know that's a very wide range, but everybody is just so different. But it usually is somewhere in that range. 
It's a while. For me, it was two years. I stayed on the diet for two years before I started to branch off. But if you've been feeling well for quite some time and you're bored with eating the SCD exclusively, what should you add first? Well, first, my first recommendation is that you might want to go back to some of the foods on SCD that didn't work for you in the past. Mushrooms, tomatoes, peppers, certain kinds of squash. Those are foods that I hear about not working often. What didn't work for you in the early stages of the diet? Feel free to go back and try these foods just to add some variety to your diet before you move on completely. And this may or may not work for you. And you'll know it. You'll know whether it works or not because you might have unexplained diarrhea or unexplained bloating, gas, rashes, a headache. There's just way too many symptoms that I could mention here because it's not just about the GI. We could have symptoms anywhere in our body. But if you have any unexplained reaction after all this time when you're trying this new food, then the food that you haven't had in a while that's still SCD legal, and then you have a really strong food sensitivity to that food. It's just not in the cards for you. Remember, you can still be sensitive to a food and be in remission. Sometimes there's just foods that will never work for us, no matter how healthy we are. For me, it's peppers with skin on them. Roasted red peppers with no skin, no problem. But if there's skin on it at all, oh wow, all hell breaks loose. And that's never changed for me in 12 years, and I don't expect that it ever will. So after you've tried some of those SCD legal foods that maybe haven't worked for you in the past, now it's it's time to try some SCD illegals, those healthy foods, foods that are healthy, but you just weren't ready for, your gut wasn't ready for them before, it wasn't healed enough. So my top go-to right out of the gate when you're ready to move beyond SCD is quinoa. It's the easiest to digest ancient grain, And it's a great source of fiber, protein, as well as antioxidants and minerals. Love that. Minerals like magnesium and iron and zinc. I love quinoa because it's a great first grain after being off grains for so long. It's a great option due to it being so easy to digest. It's much easier to digest than other grains. I do recommend, though, I have to give it a little caveat, I recommend when you're first starting out with quinoa that you soak it. You want to soak it before you cook it to help break down the phytic acid and to pre-digest the starches so that it makes it easier for you to digest when you eat it. My clients who do this, they usually fare better, so that's why I say that. It is, though, a wonderful first grain. If you're going to go into the first grain foray after SCD, it's a great one to start with. People usually do really well with it. What else might you want to try? Well, how about sweet potatoes? And maybe, just maybe, if you can tolerate them, white potatoes. But for those, I would say in very limited quantity as they are more starchy than sweet potatoes. So more starch equals more sugar. Sugar equals bacteria. So in limited quantities, you can try that. But sweet potatoes, absolutely. My personal favorite SCD treat when I moved on beyond SCD, my personal favorite, You can probably guess this from what I said before. It's chocolate. (laughs) It was raw cacao. That was my first venturing out of SCD world. 
But not just raw cacao. Raw cacao is great, but you could also try dark chocolate. That's another great option. There's a company called Equal Exchange. They make several great flavors of dark chocolate. They have candy bars, chocolate bars, and they're really high quality. I love this company. You want to look for dark chocolate that's around 70 to 90% cacao. So we are talking pretty dark chocolate here. Has some wonderful health benefits. And you're welcome to adopt my motto when it comes to chocolate. A square a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> At least that's what I like to think. I'm going to tell myself that. Okay, what else? Maple syrup. Maple syrup, you can try that. If you were on SCD before, you probably were using honey. Start experimenting a little bit with other sugars. And the first one you might want to try is maple syrup. Raw milk, that's another option. If you have a farmer you trust, I highly, highly, highly recommend that it's from a farmer that you trust and it is sometimes difficult to get. But if you can get raw milk and you're interested in trying dairy, that's an option for you as well as organic heavy cream because heavy cream is the lowest in lactose. So if you're gonna start venturing back into dairy, I would start there as well. Some of my clients, they do well on rice, actually. So that is a possibility for you to start eating. Basmati rice is going to be your easiest to digest. So look for basmati rice. And again, I would soak that first before you cook it to break down the fibers in the rice. Okay, if all of these new foods go well, it might be time for you to venture out into a few types of pre-made paleo foods. I would say branch out into pre-made SCD food, but there really aren't options for that in your regular grocery store. Those are the kind of things you would need to buy at some a store like Wellbeast. You would need to buy those online. But at the regular grocery store, and paleo is so similar to SCD, you can actually find paleo products. So thankfully, Packaged paleo is available at grocery stores and it can kind of, it can open a whole new amazing world of get healthy convenience to you when you're ready. None of this, none of this was available to me 10 years ago, but the world of store-bought grain-free and paleo, it's recently exploded. I'm sure that you've seen it in the health food section at your regular grocery store and of course at health food stores everywhere. Some of my favorite grain-free brands include a bread company called Against the Grain. They have delicious baguettes, bagels, rolls, pizza crust, and they've recently added cake and brownie mixes as well, all 100% grain-free. There's another grain-free company called Primal Kitchen, and they're paleo, and they have loads of options, but my favorites are their salad dressings and their marinades. Another option is Siete Foods. Siete Foods is fantastic. Their corn-free tortilla chips and their cashew-made queso dip, oh, it's to die for. I love that company. If you ask me what's your favorite treat, probably that would be it. Their um, lime, I think it's lime, their lime-flavored tortilla chips and their queso dip, oh, heaven, really, truly. <laughs> 
Okay, I wanna leave you with one last store-bought healthy option for when you are ready to branch out. And I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but my dog is having a conniption fit downstairs. So sorry if you can hear that in the podcast. But that one other um, company that I wanna leave you with for store-bought healthy grain-free options, it's Simple Mills. Simple Mills is one of my favorites. Their crackers are fantastic. They do packaged mixes for things like focaccia bread and cookies. You can get those right at your regular grocery store or you can purchase them online as well. Little side note here, I have to say it. It probably goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. I wouldn't make these pre-made store-bought foods the primary foods in my diet. I don't recommend that you do it. It's great to know, though, that there are these store-bought convenience options out there that you can try for occasional use. Okay, one last thought. One last thought, actually, that I just had. It just popped into my head. If you want to go really crazy and you want to branch out away from the grain-free world altogether... And that is homemade sourdough bread. It's a tasty and healthy option for sure. If your gut is ready for a more traditional flour, because it does use a traditional flour, it's not grain-free, and you want to still get the bacterial benefits from a fermented bread, it can really actually help you. It can keep your bacterial balance in check in your gut. So that might be something that you want to think about. Again, I wouldn't eat it every day, but it's a nice treat to have every now and again. With sourdough bread, though, I do have to say it's best to get your starter from a friend or you can buy the starter online and you'll be able to use that over and over. But store-bought sourdough, it's usually much more processed than the homemade version and it doesn't have the same benefit. It's not made in the same traditional way that you would make it at home with your starter. So if you do want to try this option, I highly recommend that you make your own. Hopefully, hopefully these few suggestions that I just mentioned, hopefully they can get you started on the Beyond SCD path. And I hope that your health continues to shine, dear one. Remember, it's absolutely fine if you're not there yet. Most of us aren't. I branched out with a few of these foods on my diet, but many of these, many of the things I mentioned here, I still, I don't tolerate. Grains are my kryptonite, and so I've never been able to, I wouldn't be caught dead having sourdough bread. Maybe one day, right? We're still, we're all on a journey here. So maybe one day I will be able to. Okay, my darling, that's a wrap. That's a wrap for all four questions in our four-part series, IBD Q&A giveaway. Remember, if your question was called out during this broadcast or the previous episode, you're walking away with an awesome gift card to Wellbeast your number one source for all things SCD and gut health goodies. Enjoy, enjoy and let me know what you get. Please let me know what you get. Maybe it's something I've never tried before and I would love to do that. Before we part for today, I wanna give a huge and special shout out and thanks to all the moms in the fantastic, amazing, super community, the Gut Love Community. This is a place where these IBD questions came from. The GLC is the place to be if you want to be able to take part in Q&As and giveaways like this one. It's the place to be if you want a safe space for mom-focused, mom-centered conversations about Crohn's and colitis. 
it's the place to be for free and fabulous advice, tips, tricks, recipes, and resources. You can join us with the link that's in the show notes, and I can't wait to see you there. Until next week, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD healing journey. Chat soon. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to today's episode. When it comes to IBD, I know there's a lot of resources out there, and I'm truly honored that you chose the Cheeky Podcast to get your IBD information today. If you found this information helpful, please give us a rating and review. It helps other moms find the podcast and see what we're doing over here to help IBD moms everywhere. And if you feel called to do it, share this podcast with an IBD mom who you know could really use an uplifting message today, because that's what we're all about over here at the Cheeky Podcast. One last thing, if you're still with me, and if you are, you're definitely my kind of gal. We have to get to know each other better. If you're tired of living on the hamster wheel of IBD with all the ups and downs between flares and remission, if you're struggling to get control of your abdominal pain, gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other troubling IBD symptoms, go to my website. It's karenhaley.com, and my mom had to be just a little bit different, spell my name with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com, and schedule your very own free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting session with me, where we discuss the challenges you've been having, we set goals to help you move forward, and we talk about how we can work together to help you get your life back. It's a power-packed 30 minutes. You don't have to live in IBD status quo. There's so much that can be done to transform your life so you can thrive in motherhood and thrive with IBD. I've seen my clients walk this path and it gives me so much joy to take that journey with them. My entire coaching practice is run online so you never have to leave your house and you never have to get out of your jamming or yoga pants for us to work together. You know I'm wearing them too. If you're ready to take your first amazing step towards healing, I'm ready to chat with you. Schedule your free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting sesh today at karenhaley.com. Click on the work with me tab and I'll see you soon. It's important to note that the information in this podcast and in this episode is for general information purposes only and not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The statements made in the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, either by me or my guests, is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before implementing any new treatment protocols, do yourself a favor and consult your physician first. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for saving this space for us to spend some time together. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey. 